California's politically powerful unions aim to crush the sharing economy. California ranks as one of the worst states to retire, report says. And how much would it take to get you to buy an electric car? California could increase its rebates. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. And boy, do they get ridiculous. Uh, I like how the train sound is still in there. The train horn is... That thing's never going to end. Classic. There it is. It, it's always there. Um, something we can always fall back on whenever we get into like a, a brain fart. Oh, the train. I feel like the California train. is like the caboose of the country. <laughs> That's a good one. Just bringing up the rear. Ew. Which is so funny because that could not be more opposite from what Gavin thinks. Right? He says California is where the Fed is going to be in 10 years, 20 years. We, that's what we've always been, the forefront, the leader. Do you guys think that he's actually going to get Trump pulled from the ballot? There's um, been talk of that. Right, because with the tax returns, right? Well, it it is... It did go to his desk. Oh, wait a minute. Or I'm I'm lost on where we're at at this point. I think he signed it. I think he signed it to. He, I, I'm wondering to like, require it, but does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't matter in the state. I think that's the dumbest part. But I, I also wonder if we're going to get in a constitutional lawsuits from these states tying their electoral votes to the national popular. Well, vote. I was uh, I was it, talking to Chuck Bell. Uh, he's a big constitutional lawyer up in Sacramento. Dropped a name there. Yeah, I dropped a name there. And he's been itching at this opportunity to sue California over this issue. <laughs> well, it's I can't just, wait to sue this thing. <laughs> well, it's laughable because in, well, that, yeah. in and of itself, we're a state trying to fix a federal election. You can't do that. You just can't do it. And it's mainly for one political candidate. If somebody else did it, but believe me, there's been other candidates who didn't, who didn't give their tax returns or didn't give some document and blah, 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 blah. But Trump does it, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. We, we must have them. And trust me when I say this, his tax returns, if we ever do see them, they're going to be as boring as his previous 10 years tax return. I've never. There's nothing there. I've never got the tax return thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your uh, taxes are already audited by the Fed. It's an incre- to me. It's been. Oh, it's an incremental deal. I want you. To, I want to force you to give me this thing. Now, once I do, there's going to be something else, and it's just going to be a step up, step up, step up. You've seen it with the collusion and everything else. It's just like, come on, you overturn these stones. There's nothing under them, and then you just find something new to try to. It just gets annoying. It, it and it dominates the news cycle, and then you don't yeah. really hear about anything else. You brought up Louis, though, because we've talked about this a, a while back on the show. Is that rearing its head again? Where they want to tie? It, it, did that recently come up in an article or something? Where they want to tie this idea of tying the popular vote in a state to the amount of electoral votes? I was just saying with the decisions like in Colorado yeah. and stuff yeah. that are. And I just don't see why California wouldn't do that if everyone yeah. else is doing it and we're trying to obstruct with tax returns. I, again, which is dumb because 
it, it's dumb for the fact that the state's blue, but who are you right. yeah. to take a vote away from me? Like I, you're then depriving me of being able to vote well, exactly. in the state for the president. You're basing it on something else, an outside force. Therefore, I, I am one man. I have no vote. That's, a, that's probably the angle, right? There's nothing yeah, in the Constitution that right. requires you to produce tax returns to qualify for the ballot. There's citizenship, that's right. birth, that's right. age, that's right. right? And what, no felony or something like that? There's, I don't know all that. But that's a good one, that you're going to, the, the denial of the ability. These people are so worried about denying votes, denying the ability to vote to people. And that this is, this is our biggest problem with the elections, right. is that it's not voter ID problems no like, no 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 absolutely not how dare you <laughs> which I, I still what do you guys I can't wrap my head around that concept speaking of of elections and voting came across an article boy we could talk about this one for a while maybe we should do a uh, as the election gets closer to a segment on this but what are your guys's thoughts about the election equipment and who should be responsible, how that all should go. There was an article recently, and it basically alluded to, look, this new machine came out. They dug under the hood. It's running Windows 7, which is about to run out of updates. Pretty, you know, which, uh, for, 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 for I'm a, surprised it's not Windows 95. But for a computer honestly. geek like me, I'm thinking, well, why don't you just Unix-base this to begin with and make it way more rock solid? That's beside the point. Right. right? But... but, but where should all that lie, right? Who should be responsible for that? What, how should all that go? You know what I mean? Like, it's a tricky... You know what, John? You have to apply the same logic that liberals apply to me when I talk about voter IDs. Okay. Tampering's not a problem. Oh, so I, my, my question is like a, a moot. It's a null question, question okay. right? Okay. No, okay. And my argument is always, <laughs> we have corruption in literally every facet of life, whether it's the job you work at, the right. industry you work in, the neighborhood you live in, there's some kind of corruption in it. Uh, right. And I would argue that elections are probably one of the most important things Absolutely. in our society. Right. But you want me to believe that's the one place where there is zero corruption or so marginal it doesn't matter. And I've never been able to square that logic up that just because I can't... The burden shouldn't be on me to prove there's corruption. All of society is corrupt. Right. You should have to prove to me there is no corruption. I just turn around anywhere in life, and I'm substantiated in my position. Where how are you substantiated? We talk about how anywhere. cops are corrupt, politicians are corrupt. It's a joke in society that you can't trust a politician, right? I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's oh, just right. like that's uh, just the that's right the joke of society is never trust a politician since before time was time. Right. Okay. But but we're going to say that in a, in a field where you can't even trust the people who are in it, there's no tampering with the mechanism that gets them put there. Like, I I don't get it. Wow. Right? And so to that... Yeah, I can't that, even... Yeah. Then we shouldn't have a problem with voting machines because nobody's even out to rig them, John. It's only an argument made by someone who knows they don't have an argument. That's the only way you can come up with that absurd of a point, of a position. Right. Because the other argument is that requiring people to <laughs> obtain an ID is racist or bigoted, even though you, they fail to realize that making people look so feeble, stupid, and incapable of not doing that 
is even more racist and <laughs> bigoted. Yeah. And just patronizing. Yeah. I mean, I, you're I, too yeah. dumb and poor, John, to get yourself <laughs> an identification card. Like that is what you are saying to somebody. And that's the thing, right? Like nowhere in what you've said, are you saying someone's got to pay a hundred bucks for it? Someone's got, you can get the fee waived for having some kind of economic hardship. Right. At the DMV. Now, the DMV is horrendous, and if that's your argument, well, that goes down a whole other yeah. path. But y- you should be empowering people to get uh, an ID because you, there's literally so many things in life you can't do without one. I've seen those lists, right? They list like 30 things plus, right, that you have to have an ID for. A friend of mine brought this up the other day. You can't even go to a red box because you need a credit card to, or a debit card to pay for it, and you would have to produce some kind of identification to get those things. <laughs> like, you can't even read that's a $2 just, movie. That's just that oversight, Louie. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Come Sorry. on. We went down the rabbit hole of voting. We should make that a whole different show topic because... We actually... It yeah, never gets we, old. It, it, it doesn't, and there's a lot of nuances to it, right? There's a lot of... Back to like our... We, we, we joke on the show, like if we had the magic wand, right? So the magic wand, how, who should control this stuff? What would be a nice ideal setup? It'd be an interesting research project of, of all of the kind of inputs and what's being worked on. I just know I saw this article and, and obviously there's total corruption, but one area where you'd think you could actually kind of get ahead of it is tech. Apparently we're, we're, we're broadcasting from a state who we just talked about in the last episode. We got an A plus in tech, right? Why can't we come up with a machine like servers, computers that all of these tech companies run that are imp- nearly impenetrable. I, I would say it's an argument for blockchain. That, yeah. Like it I've might be that. a better use of blockchain technology than Bitcoin. Uh, right. But to have some kind of unbreakable, un, um, un, uh, duplicable type of thing, some yeah. kind of verification process that's pure verified. Thinking about that, though, it ulti- then, it, then it still has to come back to one person, one vote to get to put their vote on that chain, right? For the for the bookkeeping accounting that how right. blockchain works. Um, so, but I get, but the but machines would just be, yeah. I, but it's true. I, it, it's some kind of mechanism. An interesting topic, I think. Have you guys been following the scandal in Puerto Rico? Oh, the ladies who squandered all the relief <laughs> money. It is the uh, yeah Governor uh, Ricardo Rosa, Rosello. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, He's under fire, mainly because of a leaked conversation he had on some kind of app of some sort. Are you are you about to suggest he also is not an angel? Uh, well, I don't know, because he implied that he would like to see the mayor of San Juan shot, but... <laughs> I do know more now, Bobby. Yes. Thank you. I, I, I remember seeing the, um, the news with him in the church and all the evangelical uh, Christians with their hands over his, over his head and he's asking for forgiveness and they're giving it. But of course we always forget that the people outside are demanding that he step down. Got it. Yeah. You know, classic. Let's not forget he's a Democrat. Oh, I'm sorry. Puerto Rico is just one of these interesting spurs in United States history. Just to be a territory amongst the Union. We we talked about the annexation of Puerto Rico. They've already applied to be a state, and they've not taken up their offer. But I thought the people didn't want it. Well, like nobody showed up 
but the people who did show up voted to be a part of America, to be a state. <laughs> wouldn't the, wouldn't the <laughs> no, demo? No, so <laughs> nobody showed up, but those that did wanted it. Well, maybe that okay. was the way the other people said no. Lo, yeah, low voter turnout, <laughs> but when they the people who did turn out did vote in favor of statehood. So too bad for everybody else. But it isn't exactly like we're moving on it here because the idea of adding two more senators to the rolls and however many congressmen are going to be added to it just messes up with the calculus. They just don't like it. So it ain't going to happen. But unless I'm missing something, wouldn't the Dems love to add Puerto Rico? I mean, it's, it would, my understanding is it's pretty liberal. Well, it's pretty liberal, but I kind of look at it and I go, we, we kind of danced with the idea of cutting this state of ours into three. Now they're talking about six, right? And are they they really? Yeah. And, like, why wouldn't they do it? And then why wouldn't Texas do the same? And why wouldn't this state do it? And why wouldn't that state? And eventually, if everybody starts doing it, <laughs> then you start getting more senators. It's like multiplying gremlins. Well, yeah. The problem is is that once you start doing this game, um, the power in the Senate dwindles. Because senators are more powerful than congressmen because there's less of them. So they become more popular and more important because they hold more power within uh, that body with uh, limited members. Yeah, and that's always been my argument with the states, is if you split California in three, all you've done is now add four more senators to, four more blue senators to the Right, four more blue calculus. senators, but no extra Congress people. Right. Or maybe you would. I, I don't know. I know it, math comes out. To your point, though, most of this stuff, it, sounds, it, it always gets met with the collective, like, eh, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of work. Are we really going to do that? We're lazy. I think, and I think that's where most that that's where it all dies. It seems to be. So. Topics. Topic time. I'll take us there. We're going there. The first topic: California's politically powerful unions aim to crush the sharing economy. So we talked about this a while ago. It passed, or or it it a court ruled on it. But now it's kind of winding its way through the legislature. Basically, we're bringing it, I want to bring it back up because I think this thing's going to become a reality. It's California. It's going to happen. I think the Ubers, they're already charging against it. Let me lay it out for okay. you. So Dynamex, it was a decision by the California Supreme Court in Dynamex Operations West versus the Superior Court of Los Angeles. Here's a little overview. In April 2018, the ruling sets standards to determine whether a worker is an employee or an independent contractor. So this is critical, right? Um, if you are an employee of a company, there are obviously certain regulations, requirements, breaks, pay, um, sick leave, all of this stuff that comes with that. And in this state, a lot of people, including I think people on this podcast, would consider things that are quite onerous. If you're an independent contractor, you're basically operating like your own business. You're into what I'll call it a simple contract Mm -hmm. with another business and saying, hey, look, you just pay me 50 bucks an hour. I'm going to do this thing for you. You're not responsible for anything else other than getting me my 50 bucks. I'll take care of everything else on my end. Healthcare, uh, my own break times, whatever I feel like I need to do. Well, the second way sounds much more simplistic, but The second way doesn't allow, in my opinion, the California government to control you, the employee. So that's where this whole ruling comes in. So the lawsuit filed 
the lawsuit was filed by a pair of delivery drivers against Dynamex because Dynamex changed the, the driver's job status from an employee, which probably gave them, required for them to get all these rights, to an independent contractor. And here's where, at the crux of this decision, here's where the three, they call it the ABC test, comes in to define um, what, the, what it means to be an independent contractor. You are, you are free from control by the putative employer. You are during, doing work that is outside the usual course of business of the employer. That's the critical part. And you are engaged in an independently established business. So now what's going to be coming down the pipeline, what's going to pass in California, if you are currently an independent con currently an independent contractor for somebody, right? And you fail one of those three things, you are no longer an independent contractor, you must be deemed an employee. And I think where this becomes immediately critical, interesting, what's at the forefront is the gig economy in California, right? So let's let's walk through Uber, yeah, and see how they are or are not an independent contractor. You mean they they they, they are the business, the employer, so That's to speak. Right. Yeah, and you're saying let's analyze them to see if the people that drive. That's right. Who are they? Are they an employee or are they an independent contractor? Because the stance of Uber and I suppose Lyft to an extent is that they provide software. That I think has been the right Uber's Uber's stance on it all is that they just provide a mechanism, a software to link up drivers with riders. I think it's a failure on the part of the established cab companies to adopt the software, but that's neither here nor there. So let's go with the first test. Um, what was the first one on the, on the list here? They are free from control by the employer. Okay. For the most part, they are free from control. They get to either pick up a driver. It's true. Or not pick up a driver. Uh, I'm sorry, a passenger. They could they could park underneath a tree in the shade, watch potential fares come across their screen and do nothing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the argument drivers will give is that a contract is formed with the passenger, mm-hmm. but the driver has no clue where they're going before they accept it. Well, here's another that, one. That's always been the argument in that your Uber driver doesn't know your destination until they say they're going to pick you up. And you're saying the employer, I'm, I'm sorry, say, the argument you're making then is? So what Uber drivers will say is part of the reason why they aren't free from control is because uh, they can't see the entirety of the trip and make a choice. I see. I see. You know, when you hire an independent contractor to say, uh, redo your kitchen, he knows everything he's getting involved in before the fact. He gets to quote you a price. He has complete control over the whole transaction. Uber creates the pricing. Uber then says, hey, John, uh, you want to go pick up Bobby at, you know, corner of, corner of a whatever. And, Street. Yeah. and you don't know where Bobby's going and you accept it and you find out he's going from Santa Barbara down to LAX, right? And then if you opt out of that, there's ratings and consequences and everything else that come down on you that affects your ability to actually transact business. So that uh, you're making the point, they're actually being controlled by Uber because of that. I, I, I mean, used to kind of be on the independent contractor fence, and then some of these things start standing out to me. Um, 
and just reading what a lot of drivers have to say on the internet, that doesn't mean that I think they should be employees. I think a lot of drivers want to remain independent contractors That's the for independence. Right. But then Uber's got to change some of these mechanisms to make them more. I, I would say uh, the fact that Uber allows and so does Lyft the driver to choose which service they can uh, they can use. Because I see that a lot with the cars. They have both an Uber and a Lyft sticker. Well, they're just because they're, they're moonlighting. They're, they're, over two they're different doing players. two different things and they pick and choose. Normally, you can't do that. There's an app that actually... Works runs, both of them. Works huh? both of them. And yeah. then... Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when you're running both of them, you are picking and choosing whichever one you want to run with. But you're not in control of what you're the, doing the when you actually right. make the transaction on whatever platform. Yeah. What's number two, John? You are doing work that is outside the usual course of business of the employer. Now, this is where the inter- interesting argument of a software company gets to right right if you're a software company they're not a they're not a transportation company uh, if, if i see this all the time when we hire um temporary work okay and that is we have a project okay there's a set term of we're not going to put you on payroll but we are going to pay you money we're going to pay you enough money that you are responsible for your own uh sdi and what have you they're, they're never fully onboarded, you mean. Right. They're, 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 you, this is how you don't do that. Exactly. And it's mainly, however, I will concede the point that there is a certain term of start and end project. So to mm. that aspect, I concede to your point. Uh, that's how we get around that, that little, uh, little tidbit there. Well, and I think the pay is another part. I don't believe Uber's taking FICA and SDI out of people's pay. You, oh, you, you're getting it. 1099 probably, and you got to do your own taxes on it, your, your own withholding. Yeah, there's no way they're 1099. I'm sorry. Uh, W-2. Yeah, pulling all the, the taxes. Last one, you are engaged in an independently established business. Basically, you're a yeah. sole proprietor. You're your own business. Well, that one, I mean. Uh, yeah, I, could see, I, could, I can easily make the case for that one. So it's really one and two. Right. For the, I'm going to quote this wrong, but it's generally this idea. The IRS's litmus test for whether you're an independent contractor or an employee okay. has revolved historically around how much of the employer's tools and things do mm. you need to rely on to complete the job or do you supply your own tools? Right. So got it. If you went to work and you used the employer's machines and shop and everything else, you're an employee. But if you're like a contractor on a job site building a building and you're hired to do electrical, but you bring your own truck, your own tools, your own supplies, you build them for things, you're relying on your equipment primarily to complete the task. I'd say in the case of Uber, you'd have to put some weight onto what the what tool has the greatest weight. Is it your car and that side, or is it the software mm-hmm. that is being provided to you? Right. I mean, this is going to get right. So many nuances in this, you know, they say, um, uh, there was an analysis performed by R street and they were trying to come up with how much this is going to, this Dynamax decision is going to affect businesses. They say it's 
estimated to add about six and a half billion in additional payroll expenses onto California businesses. So there's enough of a gig economy going on right now. Makes sense. Right in California. Some drivers will say, I want to be an employee, and they're fighting to be an employee, and they're trying to stage these walkouts. Yeah. And the other camp is saying, dude, you realize when you're an employee, they have ultimate control of you. They can say when you drive, what your shifts are. You can go anywhere. They can determine just pay you an hourly rate. And on top of that, it can make you wear a uniform, a polo shirt, whatever it is. Your car's got to be kept in a certain condition you start losing any kind of independence you've got and it's a job at that and point. It, and it's so interesting because you know, the way cabs, like you see yellow cab, for example, whoever the way they work is they lease out their cabs to their workers. So they treat them as independent contractors in a sense. But again, they tell them where to go. They have their own dispatch. They, they take a, a, a split of their fare. So, I mean, they're and really that, kind of backing themselves into an old quarter. They're the ones backing this leg- legislation. And that fare is highly regulated. Correct. Because they have a medallion, and thus they have the taxi cab, so they can dish out the, uh, the, the leasing fee. It was always very funny for me when I worked on the ambulance down in Los Angeles to run any kind of transport on a private ambulance in the city of LA, mm-hmm. you needed a DOT permit from the city of LA. It was like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. It was this inkjet printer Classic. laminated crappy card, right? But uh, you had to go down there every year or two and renew it. And it was basically just, you know, young EMT ambulance drivers and cabbies. Cause at the end of the day, you're a vehicle for hire, even though you're an ambulance, you're just a vehicle for hire, just like a taxi cab. And, you had to go get your L.A. city permit. And then the ambulances had to be permitted by the city of L.A. on junk. top of it. And the amount of money that just kind of racketeers through the city of L.A. The license, the whole licensing. Oh, it's crazy. Um, quick amendment to this from Vox. You know, you're talking about all the things that people don't realize. I mean, here's a list, I think, sitting on the other side of here's what I think they're thinking they want even though I'm not sure that they're thinking they know they're going to have to then be saddled with everything you said, Louis. Um, Workers would suddenly get labor protections and benefits that all employees get, such as unemployment insurance, health care subsidies, paid parental leave, overtime, workers' comp, guaranteed $12 currently, minimum hourly wage. Um, So I think that they're thinking about it, but I want that stuff. But everyone assumes you'll be a full-time employee. (laughs) Like, this is the dumbness of it. Great, John. Uh, 12 bucks an hour, we're going to hire you for four to five hours a day. Correct. And make you part-time. And then you don't have any benefits. They have so many drivers. They don't need to hire full-time. People aren't driving full-time now. That's part of the appeal. There's some overachievers that drive around the clock. But there's a ton of people that just clock in for three hours and make a couple bucks. This last quote to me from San Diego Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez. (laughs) <laughs> well, handy. <Okay>. She, <laughs> she says, quote, big businesses shouldn't be able to pass their costs on the taxpayers while depriving workers of the labor law protections they are rightfully entitled to. I think this is funny because like we talk about on the show, when she started off by saying big businesses shouldn't be able to pass their costs on to taxpayers. Do you mm. magically think 
that if all of these drivers become employees and get all of this quote unquote stuff in the hourly wage, et cetera, that they're going to keep their rates the same. Right. And so who's that, the, the, and, or they're going to all of a sudden just bear an incredibly higher amount of expenses and not pass that on to the people that use the service. We just said it's going to cost all these ride shares, $6 billion in additional right. regulation and tax. Right. You don't think that gets passed to us? <laughs> right. The Uber or Lyft user? Well, you don't think that this is just one giant scheme to get rid of their competition? <gasps> you mean to go back to taxis? Uh-huh. Who would have thunk or, it? Or also, also at, the base, <laughs> thunk it? at the base level, California now gets to control all these people. They don't control them now, right? Yeah, when, you're an rogue. Ind- when you're an independent contractor, you collect money, and that's it. You know, now you got it. You're responsible for other stuff now, but they don't have as much say over you. The laws don't matter as much as they do when you're an employee. It's true. Tricky. I actually think I'm going to insert the uh, the crossfire. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, and it's actually off topic, but you brought up something earlier in the show when we were talking. It's going to kind of relate to. All right, lay it all down. For okay, me. so crossfire is the segment where. One of us, and in this case me, since I'm kind of uh, running this episode, coming up with a topic that I'm going to toss out, and it's um, kind of something that's happening now. It could range from anything, political, sports, whatever. And the first person who goes, and in this case, I think it's Louis, Louis won. gets to Winner. take whatever side of the argument that they want. And then the other person, this time Bobby, who I think in last episode also had to take the second it's argument. a big loser. Um, tries to defend the opposite side from what so the mean. first person in this case, <laughs> Louis, defended. Okay, so I'm going to burn it all down. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, in the news, I, I think actually as recently as this, the recording, the week that we're recording this episode, um, Facebook got brought in front of Congress to talk about their new cryptocurrency as a private company. I did not get to watch this, unfortunately. But the question is a general one, right? Um, Bitcoin's been out there for a while, but now you're talking about this notion of a private company having a cryptocurrency where it's really hard maybe to tell who's doing what. Um, Anonymity. Not that that's not with Bitcoin, but now you've got a big, massive company, private company backing it, right? And going to use it solely for their purposes. Is that a good thing? Is it is it good for a private company to be able to have their own currency, especially when that company is the size of a Facebook that has as many embedded users as they have globally? Facebook, open a bank. I, I don't... I don't care as long as you are going to become a bank, a separate entity, FDIC insured, susceptible to the same banking regulations as Wells Fargo, Bank of America, everybody else. You are not the same as Bitcoin. Bitcoin is inherently uh, to stay off the grid. I get that. But there is no central uh, agency at the root of Bitcoin, which is what makes it its own thing, not subject to that stuff. It's also... It's all fiat currency to begin with, right? I mean, the U.S. Reserve isn't based on a whole lot of anything else these days. But I don't like the power Google and Facebook have. I think they've they've shown that they can wield their weight. They can. They're becoming bigger than government influence. Um, I don't like the idea of them having their own currency. If you want to get in the currency business, become an official bank. 
and do it that way. All right, so Louis against the idea, so that means I'm for it. FDIC insurance, it only matters. You're only regulated if you have the FDIC insurance. So if you forego that, you don't need to be a part of the FDIC. If you're not doing American dollars, you're not part of the Federal Reserve. If you're not borrowing from them and you're not going through an intermediary, you don't have to deal with some of the banking criteria. Now, there are different criteria for having a cash institution in this country, but really we're dealing with Disney bucks here. If it's all in-house and they're buying only their products, then it doesn't really matter what they're selling and what we're buying. Now, if the, the, the items that they're, um, that they're selling are outside the norms and outside uh, regulations and are potentially illegal, like, say, drug trafficking, then they're subject to a whole different set of laws. So absolutely, they can go ahead and create whatever fictitious currency they want. You're an idiot. <laughs> no, I know you. Yeah, to, man, that you was it. that was good. No, no, it, it, it. Honestly, like you guys brought up some good stuff that I hadn't even. You know, first, first of some all, nuances. It's great. I want to know what kind of Looney Tune would put their money in a bank that isn't FDIC insured. I, right. I get your point. <laughs> it's got to meet criteria to even get there. Yeah, and I, I, I get that. But who would want to put your money in Facebook's trust? That's so. That's with with no with no government insurance of any kind. Or well, you want to know what protection. I this is? This is from years ago when I was in banking. Um, the FDIC is not there to protect your money as you think it's supposed to protect it. It's only a backstop if, say, Tony Montoya owns your bank and he's totally and totally squashed all your revenue, and it's a backstop when, like. Um, when we had the big Washington, Washington Mutual. Mutual, thank you very much. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going for. When they came out and they were, um, they could no longer uh, pay off their their collateral with yeah, their debts yeah, and what yeah, have yeah. you. Um, they put a freeze on your account, and you're only allowed to withdraw money, a certain amount of money. But essentially, all your money's there. And the FDIC comes in, and basically, what they are is used car salesmen. They are looking to move the assets of the bank onto someone else. So that they take the losses, they underwrite it, and they just sell all those assets. And then eventually your money is uh, available to you. It's only in extreme circumstances when your money is actually gone. Like you can't withdraw and it's gone, gone. Well, but all those people got their money back. It just took them time. So this this begs the question in my book. Yeah. Is this, for people that don't know, banks make their money by lending out your money. Right, right. Is this just a way for Facebook to lend back to themselves off consumers' money? I don't. I, what I'm, I'm looking well, at Bitcoin, and I, I don't know how the blockchain makes it easy for lending in the grand scheme of lending, like with fiat currency. What, what am I? Okay, again, I don't pretend. Two things. I don't pretend to know all of the ways in which they're planning on using it. They're obviously not going to make that known. But why does it have to be anything more complicated than they simply want the intel of who buys what? Uh-huh. I mean, right now, if I use a credit card, they don't have my credit card statement. If a product is free, you're the product. Correct. That's that's why I called it Disney Bucks. Because that's exactly what they're making. Right. And so why have Disney Bucks unless... Because, because there's like no profit, right? Exactly. In theory, for the money just to exchange around. Mm-hmm. But the intel, the info, what did you buy? 
how, where. Right. That's critical. They don't have that now. Amazon has it, but Amazon's not Facebook. Right. That's a really great point that I never even considered. It's just a way to know your transaction history. That's what came to my mind. But the whole banking element wasn't... That's not what I was thinking, but that doesn't mean it's... I don't know. Not to... And here's the other thing I read today. I think this was after the congressional hearing. So during the hearing, I guess they said something to the effect. They were asked by a congressman or congresswoman, I don't know. Who's going to be doing kind of the the financial banking oversight, so to speak, for this project? Oh, well, we're going to use a Swiss company, Swiss federal, unique, something, something. (laughs) They contacted the Swiss Swiss company. We've never heard from anyone from Facebook, but we're welcome to talking to them. They're just like making stuff up. Yeah. They might as well have said the Cayman Islands. I don't... You know what? If you're dumb enough to make Facebook your bank... Dude. You deserve to have your money lost. What an... You're just an idiot. But I think it's... I personally think it's all about what you bought, where you bought, when you bought. Yeah, I, I... If they want to create their own currency and you want to be someone to get in <laughs> that, on it, that's stupid. Yeah, whatever. Lose your money. Right. That was a good one. I like that one. Different. We're not talking about um, other than what you brought up at the beginning of the show. No other cryptocurrency stuff, but I thought it was a it was today and it was interesting. So, next topic. <clears throat> Excuse me. California ranks as one of the worst states to retire. So last This ep- is a shocker. <laughs> yeah, so, I am shocked. So last episode we talked about how like we're just business bankrupt overall in Morally this state. bankrupt, business bankrupt. Retirement bankrupt now. We can add that to the list. So this was a bankrate.com report. And actually we ranked we're not dead last. We ranked 43rd oh, nice. out of 50. Shoot. Shoot. Um, they took 11 public and private criteria that were significant in retirement, and they sorted them into five broad categories. Affordability. <laughs> I think we know how that will work out for us. Wellness, right? Medical um, uh, doctors. I'm, uh, I'm sure. May, maybe education was like under that in some weird way, but it's not in the other topics. If you live so. next to UCLA Medical Center, you're cool, there you go, man. Weather, we're probably going to hey. do, like we've said, yeah. we're probably going to do good. Culture yeah. and crime. And and that's and that's in <laughs> Where the... Where are we on culture? Please oh, tell yeah. me. I need to know this. And so that's in the order of um, the importance that they were ranked. Affordability was the most important. Wellness, then weather, then culture, then crime. So what I did is I looked at... Um, I was able to get the actual data and then sort it into different categories. And I was just going to go through some of these categories and see if we can figure out why some of these states, I I looked at the best and the worst overall and then in each category. So I can tell you right now, California is not the best in any category. Mm. Not even weather? Surprising. Yeah, let me tell you who was right. That was the one I would have thought. Mm. But the top five in weather, Hawaii, uh, I was okay, say, uh, tropical, mm, Florida. But then the next three, uh, then the next three get real shaky. Yeah. Louisiana, Texas, and Georgia. If you like humidity. Yeah. That's right. Sounds like right. it hot. Okay. I was going to ask you guys to try and 
man, these are these are tough. None of these actually worked out. I mean, in terms of how oh, I would have thought. Well, let's go worst. Worst weather. Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like okay. Bobby. It's got to go with that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. This this one. You guys, we should be able to get this one real quick. Well, by we, I mean you two guys. Affordability, the worst five states. You got, you got between you, you got eight guesses to get uh, the five. I believe New York is. I was going to say New York. The worst. Yeah. New York is followed by the us. worst. California is the second worst. Um, followed by Oregon. No, mm. no. Ah, uh, what about like uh, Jersey? Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah. Third to last. Uh, Massachusetts. No, the other two I'll admit are going to get. Uh, Maryland and Connecticut. Yeah, Maryland. I almost said yeah. Connecticut. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Um, let me, let's do one more. Actually, let's talk about the... What, what would you guess? This, now, this is going to be trickier because it's an overall, right? We already know we're terrible, 43rd. What do you think the top five overall states to retire in? And frankly... Florida. <laughs> well... <laughs> It's number five, actually. I hear Idaho is pretty nice. That's not up there. Nevada. That's actually not up there. That one didn't do overall, if I remember right. That didn't do as well as, um, yeah, as I was expecting. Uh, Arizona. No. Texas. No. Mm. See, I'm, I kind of want to get to some of the. Where are people retiring at? Yeah. Oregon. No. Mm. Number Washington. one. Washington. Number one. Uh. Nebraska. But it's got to be. Okay. It's because of the steak. It's got to be affordability, right? Then number two is Iowa. Then number three is Missouri. Number four, South Dakota. And number five, Florida. All places that are fairly cheap. The village. <laughs> totally. The village. I got it on demand. It's Joe Biden in his the drunkenness. Village. Singing about the villages. America's friendliest hometown. The village. Hit that note, baby. Classic. Well, that was just a kind of a shorter segment that kind of dovetailed into last episodes in terms of. But never fear, California is here to help us, right? To retire and save. Because oh, they just geez. implemented. Cal Savers. Of course. Uh, Savers. <laughs> we come up with these dumb names. If <laughs> if the federal government has totally messed up and toasted Social Security, why wouldn't California do a much better job of running a retirement system? So according to its own website, the program is expected to help 7 million employees in California to start saving for retirement. Because we need to teach them how to do this. At least 300,000 businesses will have to register for this program oh or else. So businesses <laughs> have to register a program about teaching their employees how to save. That's right. Essentially, it starts you off with a uh, Roth IRA in which you contribute to your own <laughs> to your own of program. Co- of course it starts with the Roth IRA because that way they make sure that they <laughs> the get their tax. taxes now. <laughs> of course a traditional IRA would not be the default, right? Yeah, they don't want the payoff later. Yeah, right. So <laughs> they had a pilot. R- <laughs> it's, it's almost obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious. You, that's why we're laughing. So they had a pilot program they, of 50 businesses, 50, five, zero. Of that, 
22.5% of the employees opted out of the system. They didn't want anything to do with it. More than likely because they needed the money It now. cut into the paycheck, of That's course. That's right, cut into right. the paycheck. Well, they I, have different reasons. The, the reason people aren't saving isn't because they don't know how to. Right. It's because they don't have enough money to. Right. I mean, I don't know the stats. I'm going to guess more than half of the people know or have heard about a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Things that are accessible literally to everybody. The fact that they're not, it's a Google search away, right? After someone tells you about one or you hear about it. It's not a, it's, yes, in some cases it's an education thing, but I think that gets overblown. It's not that these people don't know that they have mechanisms which that they can save. And it might not even be because they can't afford it. And I think in a lot of cases it's the money they don't want to part with because it's not money I can go to Amazon with right now. It's delayed. It's about delayed gratification. That's right. So... Uh, according to the own website, five percent of your gross income wages before taxes uh, are earned uh, through your facilitating employee. Those are contributed to your IRA, and the first one thousand dollars of contribution will be invested in the Cal Savers Money Market Fund. Of course <laughs> it will. <laughs> of course it will. You mean money that then California can. I don't know, maybe use for their own purposes and pay you like 0.01% for that, right? I asked you in the car, and this is what I was alluding to, John, when we're uh, coming up here to Backhouse Media Studios. So a small fee will be applied to your account. They're they're going to charge a brokerage fee. (laughs) Tell me what this is. The fee is necessary to cover the cost of the administration of the program (laughs) and operating expenses. This fee is collected in the form of an annual asset basis fee of point. 825% to 0.95% depending on your investment choice. This means you will have to pay between 83 cents and 95 cents per year for every hundred dollars in your account. I can tell you right now that that's a profit center for California. That, that, that hearing that fee, um, just knowing some of the most efficient, index funds that are available out there to the average investor. Let's, I don't know. There's some that are even as low as 0.1%, Some of these index funds that are out there. So anything on top of that, you should be getting value mm-hmm. in the form of assistance, consultation, um, advice, Obviously, California's not going to offer any of that. No. <laughs> so because of that, then everything in my book, in my opinion, everything above that sort of what an what a efficient fund is available for, it's just they're going to work with the fund companies to get kickbacks from inside the fund. I, I, yeah, it's a profit center. Uh, and John is legally allowed to disclose no, I, his opinions on these things. I'm, that, that is, I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I don't specifically know. You've you've intrigued me. I'm going to dive in. Actually, I might I might make a note and do a little segment on that. I'm, uh, I'm going to dive in a little bit into this. Okay, what yeah. they mean by the cost, what I, where that's all going. I think it's funny that you put it all together. They're picking a Roth, <laughs> so they get their taxes right <laughs> now. Totally yeah. and they got the audacity to charge you a fee for doing nothing for for doing nothing for managing your account into their own fund money market money their market. own money market account. And on top of that, they're going to then require your employer to brainwash you into this thing. 
It's like Amazing. the gall of the Amazing. It's so true. When you, when you cast but, it in that light, it's like, this but, is the most. But they're going to make it come from the position of, you guys are just too stupid to invest. So let us help you invest. As they do. With that is the ultimate run away from your money guy. Oh my goodness. Deal, right? Like, I mean, if you just put it in normal terms, if you had somebody trying to solicit business to manage your finances, a financial planner, a stockbroker, and he said, look, John, um, you're just too dumb, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you need to invest. This has come across a couple of times. I'm just going to say it right you, now. You need to invest. And I want you to invest <laughs> in this money market fund that my company holds. And, and I'm going to charge you a fee, which, okay, that's pretty normal. It's going to be really hard for you to get in here and ask me any questions. Like, <laughs> like you're impossible. Have, like, it's not going to be like, possible. I want you to get doc- in line at the DMV yeah. first and it's, then come talk to me. You got to pull a number or it's going to be like going to your doctor in Canada. And, and don't bother me with a lot of questions and emails and stuff. Um, and there's going to be some taxes you got to pay that my company collects. And that's, that's the option I want you to pick. But I also have the authority to force you to pick that right, option. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and if you don't want to come right. to me, I'm going to go tell your boss to put pressure right. on you right. to come to me. Like, that's coercion. Oh, that coming across the California courts would get, like, ruled on so fast you couldn't even blink. Especially when you operate from the principle of the people are too stupid. Always. And we're going to sanction your business Always. to push on you. The administrator of the <laughs> yeah. fund is Asinas College Savings Record Keeping Service LLC. Just in case you wanted to know, Fly who by that Night was. LLC. Oh, I totally am going to research you this. You got to research them. They're uh, a co-op group between a few of the big mutual fund. Uh, I can tell places. you, bro, like I can imagine which mutual funds are not included in that list, but it's <laughs> a separate. Yeah. So uh, give me a break. There you go. We're we're safe now, and even though. Oregon and Illinois has their own service just like this, and they're going broke. Does not mean that our system will go broke, even though most of the people are not participating. Just like when California wanted to establish its own banking system for the oh, potheads, totally because they couldn't get in a federal bank account. They just want, and the and as we talked about on that show, they just wanted a huge cookie jar. Oh, that they could dip. This into is another play for the a, same thing. Totally. Look, look, folks. If you want to know how these programs will run. Go to your local DMV. <laughs> That's right. Just walk in. Don't even have anything to do. Just walk in and observe it for 10 minutes. You better not have anything to do because you can no. be there for a while. No. I, I, God, I had to go there four weeks ago to renew some stuff. And I'm in line, you know, the main line you go into to begin with where they assign you a number. And they're yelling at the lady in front of me and saying, do you have an appointment? And she's like, oh, I was, a, I was actually a guy. He had to do something for his truck driving license. Do you have an appointment? No, I don't have an appointment, but this was supposed to be rectified, and I need it rectified by, like, next week. They go, well, you should schedule an appointment. Okay. When's the appointment? The next available appointment was two and a half months away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not going to work. Hi-oh. It literally, I, I went in, in in May, and the next appointment was September. Now, replace, I had to get some stuff on my truck rectified. Replace that with my appendix just burst. Exactly. Did you make an appointment? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm dying. Well, we can we can schedule you in in uh, October. Did you, go to, <laughs> did you go to urgent care first? 
Did you fall? Did you fall in line with the process? <laughs> did you schedule here's this your appendix hammer, bursting? And here's your sickle. Now, if you could go outside, <laughs> the sickle is going to be more handy in this uh, <laughs> operation. Handy. Just saying that. Check out how Caltrans works. Check out how the DMV works, and then report. Come back. tell me you want to invest in the state's either banking system or their investment plan. At that point, you may want to go to Facebook with your money. Um, uh, that would be a, that's a tough one. That's a good one. I got to think about that one. What would I choose? Wow. I mean, they got to be admitting that Trump's market's doing something, right? If you want people to invest in it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Orange man bad. It's all going to fail anytime now. The recession is coming. Any moment. Any moment. Any moment. Okay, we just got a tad bit of time left. We'll uh, we'll get to this last topic, I think pretty quick. So the headline is, how much would it take to get you to buy an electric car? A whole bunch of money. California could increase rebates. So if that's what you've been waiting for. I, I feel like you could replace that with how much would it take to buy a pair of Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same social status in my life. So this all comes back to our buddy, Assemblyman Bill Ting. Mm. Tingling. 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 The Dem from San hey, Francisco. <laughs> so he's got a bill that would increase state funded electric car rebates up to as much as seventy five hundred, rising from today's top rebate of twenty five hundred. This is from the Sacramento Bee on July tenth. So it's Assembly Bill ten forty six, and it would here's the critical part that he thinks is like unbelievably genius. It would reduce the value of the rebates for in future years. So it would incentivize you to go buy an electric car now rather than later. Let me play you a clip from ABC7, and I may stop it halfway yeah. in between because no. he says a couple of things in here that are just... No, yeah, I just, mean... They're just gold. Yeah, go ahead. It's feel tingling. So here you go. Tripling the incentive. That's how California lawmakers hope to get more people behind the wheels of electric vehicles. We have a rebate program that's not really an incentive. It's more like an entitlement. Okay, wait, wait. So he he just expressed that with like some frustration. Does that mean he thinks entitlements are bad? No. A, a, Play the clip one more time. Okay. We're talking about a Sam, San Francisco assembly person who's commenting on a frustration with an entitlement. Here we go. Tripling the incentive. That's how California lawmakers hope to get more people behind the wheels of electric vehicles. We have a rebate program that's not really an incentive. It's more like an entitlement. I'm still trying to square this in my head. I thought entitlements were like awesome. Well, to understand it. Okay. You got to understand the chess he's playing. Okay. Bill Ting introduced legislation in 2018 that sought to ban gas-powered vehicles of course. by 2040. Of course. People said that was crazy. So he came back with AB40 that would just prevent cars from having any kind of greenhouse gas oh, okay. by 2040. So if you can somehow do that without it, okay, I got it. So this guy is out to just get rid of fossil fuel cars in general. Makes Even sense. though there's not a whole lot of electric that will provide the torque needed in like a semi truck. So like any politician, he's just going to say whatever he needs to say right now. 
because those are the ends that he's trying to. Yeah, he's going to say, oh, this program doesn't work. And he's going to say whatever it takes to do it so that he can. This is the agenda he wants to push is to get rid of gas. It's just funny to me fuel. that normally in, uh, entitlements, WIC programs, uh, unemployment, all of these sorts of things are good, necessary, critical. But in this case, no, no, it's not incentive, it's an entitlement. That's bad. We talked about this in the last episode where uh, the government doesn't have to do an environmental impact report. Bingo. Because in this case, it's just too difficult for us. Bingo. You know, the real problem is the unaffordability of a new Tesla. I mean, what do they cost? Like 70 yeah. grand? Well, yeah, and the fact that you got to charge it throughout your trip to keep the thing going. But, but to that point, to Bobby's point, Pacific Research Institute study published earlier this year reported that 78.7% of the EV tax credits were received by households with an AGI of 100000 or higher. Yeah. And that more than half went to households with an AGI in excess of 200000 We're subsidizing the rich people's toys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all but we're wait, doing. This program is supposed to work for the, Everybody. For the, no, the, the lower income brackets. And they get to take the carpooling by themselves. Here's the rest of the clip. Let me play the rest. The bill sponsor, Assemblyman Phil Ting, says the state's current $2,500 rebate doesn't encourage drivers to buy electric now. If you can get $2,500 this year, if you can get $2,500 three years from now, what's the incentive to go get into a clean car today or yesterday? There is none. I think to me what first came across in that part of the clip and this whole idea of bigger incentives now, less later... You're fully admitting that economic incentives work and move people, move the markets. Yet you're the same people who want to tax everything. Right. And thinking that that's not going to have a ramification. I I can't, I swear. How about the fact that like in LA County, you have to pay almost 10% on that new car in tax. Oh, right. Right. So it's not even just the $90,000 Tesla. It's the other, what, nine grand? You got a 10 grand you got to come up with? Yeah, it perpetuates, It's crazy. It's just like a house. Sure. We'll get you into a house, John, but then you got to pay the uh, the property tax. Right. You know? And don't forget those HOAs. The ra- HOAs. Are it's there. like the razor model. Right. right. We'll get you the the handle real cheap. And now because, the blades? And because we made a mistake in the housing issues, you know, of forcing people into houses they couldn't afford, now everybody has to pay this huge insurance cost on top of the new houses they're buying today. Congratulations. Exactly. And then you have all sorts of places putting in Miller-Roos taxes and all sorts of things to circumvent Prop 13. It all comes back to basically a simple principle. How about you guys in Sacramento stop trying to guess and force and figure out what the market wants or needs and let the market do that? Well, look, you know, Tesla's the the big boy on the street when it comes to electric cars, and they are. Uh, but they're still... There's a... Yeah. I mean, there's competitors now. There's competitors now. now. But really, they're having trouble keeping up with demand all on their own. They're they're manufacturing. Even if you increase the rebate or the incentive, it doesn't matter because if they can't meet demand, they can't meet demand. And that's just the bottom line of it. Now, hopefully, a couple of years from now, there's going to be plenty of cars that compete with Tesla, but not right now. What a joke. And this is the last thing I'll say. Our gas burning cars burn so clean these days. Mm. The emissions in the state, or you already pay a premium because of the emissions package the manufacturers got to put on in California. But 
between our smog checks and everything else and the how clean the equipment is and how efficient these cars burn, we don't have these 1980s LA smog days. You right, know? right. Even diesels are burning way cleaner than ever right. between DPF and regening and all that. That's right. So I just don't, as we keep pushing towards electric and banning fossil, fossil just keeps getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. Tingling knows better though. And just remember, he's trying to ban cars at the end of the day. That's he knows, what he wants he knows to do. better. He knows. I mean, he knows. He knows best. What are we going to do? That is it. Episode 55 in the books. I just can't do nice. that. We're pressing through the summer. Um, we may have a hiatus coming up for a week or two so we can do some summer things. Possible. Hang out with friends and family. Oh, those guys. I'm sure there will be plenty of stories when we come back. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend. That's how we get listeners is through friends. And hey, we're growing, man. You got to you got to share this episode with everybody. <laughs> true. And Hit that go, share button. And go back a couple episodes and listen to our budget special. You'll learn a lot about the budget, mm. which I think mm-hmm. sets the stage for a lot of these stories. Tells you where the money's going. Catch us on our website, CaliStreaming.com, C-A-L-I Streaming.com. Download us on Apple iTunes and the Google Play Store. Bobby, give them their summer message. Get involved. That's it. Changing it.